Hey, listeners. After five babies, I've changed a lot of diapers. And I have opinions about them. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are best to use when your baby is older. But in my experience, they're the best diapers to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. That's because these diapers don't have ordinary diaper tabs. They have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who just can't stop moving. Just slide on to apply, rip the sides to remove, and roll everything up with the disposal tape on the back. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof and just got even better with a new blowout barrier. And since these diapers stretch with your baby, your active baby can move all over the place, getting into everything as usual. Pampers Cruisers 360 are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 82. We're going to be talking about our household systems today, sort of how we make things work. This is based on some some comments and some questions people have left on Sarah and my blogs and our Instagram page um, for Best of Both Worlds, a survey we did last fall. You know, people are always interested in figuring out ways to make their lives work better. And so while we can't claim to have figured it out, <laughs> which would be awesome if we had, but we haven't. But there are a couple of things that, you know, work for us as we're managing our households um, that we wanted to share. And hopefully people will pick up some tips and we'd love to hear from you as well. Um, so if you have a great household management tip, a system that works for you and your family, please let us know because we are always interested in doing things better. Yeah, I feel like it would be fun kind of to do a maybe a part two with, with listener participation next time. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, people's best hacks, that would be a great one. So yeah, please send those in. We'll try to put together an episode on that. Although, what the, okay. sorry, go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> As I say, but in the meantime, and in, before we dive into that, you are, you know, life updates kind of in the thick of it, book-wise, right? Yeah, yeah, no. So um, we're, this is airing about two weeks before 
my book, Juliet School of Possibilities, launches on March 12th. And so if you've been listening to this podcast and thinking, hey, wouldn't it be great to have more of Laura? <laughs> you can uh, pre-order Juliet. I would really appreciate it if you do it. Um, I actually have a pre-order incentive going for people who are willing to, to buy the book before it actually comes out. You can just go to my website, lauravandercam.com, and go to the Juliet School of Possibilities page. You can order it through any of your favorite retailers there, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, um, 1-800-CEO-READ, a lot of the other major retailers. And then just fill out the form with your email address, and I'll send you a ebook. It's called Laura's Little Book of Life Hacks, 113 Ideas for Winning at Work and at Home. And it's got just a lot of my favorite tips. And this podcast episode is about our systems. And, you know, a couple of those are a version of them are in there, but there's a lot of other ones too. These are just things that make my life run more smoothly or people have told me over the years make their lives run smoothly. And so I sort of figure, you know, I know a lot of people, it's like a fable. I'm kind of asking people to take a bit of a leap of faith to, to read something productivity related that is in fact a novella. But uh, if you're like, I'm not sure if I'm into that or not, you could pre-order and then get this free book of life hacks and get the prescriptive stuff that you like more and figure you're just getting two books for the price of one. So, Well, I got to say, you know, the way um, there are many nonfiction books out there and there are more and more on productivity, but I think it's kind of cool that now we have a different kind of format that people can read those types of things in. So I think the fact that it's a novella is not going to scare people. I think it's going to make people more likely to want to dive in because well, it's something so. different. Let's hope so. But yeah, thank you very much for that. I know a lot of people have written me that they have pre-ordered and I really so appreciate that people are, are willing to, you know, express their support for, for it and are excited about the book. So yeah, thank you very much for that. So Sarah, life updates for you. What's uh, What's going on for you? Well, you kind of know. So we were trying to schedule a time for Josh to be on the podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> that is coming up, people. Like, don't worry, we're gonna have our first male guest and it is going to be Josh. So And we thought exciting. about we thought about Sunday night and then we were just too tired. And then it just <laughs> it just made me think and I remarked to him on our date night on Saturday night, like, we're in this phase of busyness with work and kids right now where if we're not super, super intentional about making time with each other, we're not seeing each other very much. And I think maybe I thought that was going to be better once he started the new job, but he's actually really busy from the outset. So he's been getting home pretty late and trying to really keep up with his paperwork, maybe a little bit better than he did previously. And I have been in this nice routine of going to bed fairly early and getting up early because Honestly, I'm pretty useless after 9 p.m. anyway, but that means if he gets home at 9.30 and I'm going to bed at 9.30, sadly, there's not a lot of- <laughs> Not a lot of, of couple time going on yeah. in the younger household, no. That's, uh... Yeah, so I'm trying to be more intentional about it and whether that means you know figuring out one weeknight that we both do try to overlap better um, and making sure we do our weekend date nights, I think um, definitely something I want to make sure we're working on because that's important. Yeah, no, of course it is. Yeah. No, we've we've not, you know, been stellar about that ourselves, although we have slightly more overlap in terms of of when we see each other. But uh, we're actually when we're recording this in mid-February, we're about to celebrate 16 years since we first met. Very exciting. And uh you know, we don't have any particular plans. We're actually taking off for Disney today, uh, the day we're recording this. Oh, um, how romantic. I know. <laughs> Disney with like four children in our hotel room is how we'll be 
celebrating the anniversary of meeting as well as our anniversary of getting engaged, our anniversary, like Valentine's Day. It's, it's really, we're hitting all the big dates with um, many, many children in the room. But uh, hopefully we'll do something fun for our 15th wedding anniversary this summer. We have a goal to take a trip somewhere but short and somewhere that doesn't involve like my husband's work. I'm, I'm kind of, I know it's the free ticket, but still, <laughs> I'm I, like, I want to do I something I do different. feel like, I feel like every five years you kind of need to do something big so you actually do. Yeah. All right. Well, so going into our main segment, I mean, figuring out when date nights are going to happen is, is certainly one of our, our systems. And one thing we did is have childcare regularly on Friday nights um, that our, our childcare, I mean, just that we have for the workday on Friday, like extends theoretically to 8 p.m. And if we're not doing anything, we'll, we'll send her home. But if we're, um, you know, going to do something, we could go for an early dinner. Or we've gone to a museum that had evening hours. So that that's a nice way to sort of build it in. And that works well for you because your husband's hours, he's typically winding down the week then. That would not work for us because Friday night tends to be one of my husband's latest work nights as he's trying to wrap stuff up for the weekend. But I do like that. We do Saturday nights and I do book them well in advance. So I look at our call schedules and as soon as I have those, I basically reserve our one extremely reliable and trustworthy babysitter <laughs> that we have. Um, and I send it to her and kind of there, there for it and then make reservations kind of around that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your bag system. I've been reading about this on your blog and I'm so intrigued by this idea of multiple bags because I'm quite sure I would lose my wallet and my keys if I attempted to um, move purses at any point. Uh, so, so what do you have going on with this? Well, first of all, let's remember that I still have a baby who uses diapers. So I am not going to be carrying around diapers and wipes in my work bag. So there's no way of using just one bag for everything. My work bag is also a fairly like structured looking, professional looking bag that I don't necessarily want to lug around to birthday parties and, you know, outdoor things. So um, my new ritual, and I always kind of did this, but I never did it fully. And there, and I, I kind of, I maybe was a little bit inspired by Marie Kondo who suggests that you dump out the contents of your bag every single night. Now I do not do that at all. But what I do is on Saturday morning, I basically take my diaper backpack. I use a, like a backpack for the kids stuff. And I just feel like it's so much easier to sling something on your back than lug around on your hip. So, and I just make sure, does it have diapers? Does it have too many diapers? I don't want to carry around 12 diapers. I really only need two. Do I have a fresh pack of wipes that's not dry? Do I have sunscreen? Do I have bug spray? Do I have some kind of emergency food? Have I gotten rid of all the extraneous crap from the week before, like random receipts that were stuffed in there? Do I have my sunglasses? And then I do switch my wallet over and my car keys over. And I know that I have to just stick my phone in there before I go out the door. And then I'm like readily stocked. And it is hard enough getting out of the house with three children. So I don't want to add the inertia of not having a bag that is ready to go. So I do that every Saturday morning. And then Sunday night when I'm thinking about, okay, I have to go back to work in order to avoid realizing that my wallet was still in the diaper bag, I purposefully put it back back into my work bag and kind of take that time to clear out the work bag and get rid of receipts and sundry random crap. Now, I also have two other bags that sometimes come into the rotation. If I'm going out with the kids, but I don't need a full-on diaper bag, what that means, like if I'm going to a birthday party with like just Annabelle and Cameron, for example, I have sort of a casual weekend bag that all I have to do is throw my um, wallet in there and I'm ready to go. And then I have a tiny little bag that I use for date nights that really just has enough space for my phone and credit cards and that kind of stuff. Sometimes I don't even really need that because I just let Josh be in charge of everything. But if I feel like being responsible yeah. um, or, you know, 
if I might get carded wishful thinking. <laughs> wishful thinking. I know. I know. I keep <laughs> hoping. <laughs> like I was sitting at a table next to two two young ladies at a um, bar the other day and the, the the waitress definitely carded both of them and then she's just like, oh. yeah, what do you want? And I'm like, well, God, it's, is it that obvious? Like, I mean. <laughs> oh man. Ouch. I hear, I hear you. I think 20, the days of that are girls. Over. Yes. I, well, oh, well, I mean, I guess it, yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm 40. There's no getting They're dumb. It. They're, they're not very smart because they know that they should know that the way to get a big tip is to card all people who look like they really don't need to be carded anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so that's my bag system. So you don't have a bag system. I don't have, I, I'm, I'm also looking at your notes that you're now going to keep bouncy house socks in your diaper bag. Because- oh, hell yeah. I've been burned too many times. It's like the same. And I mean, the good news is like, now I have a lot of socks that I bought for $3 each. And they're actually not typically terrible socks. In fact, this one place has these ones with little sticky things on the bottom. I'm, I'm, I have quite a collection now and I kind of like them because the kids can run around in them inside and not fall, but I'm kind of tired of buying them. So yeah. 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 In- inflated sock prices at the bouncy house when you haven't brought your own. That comes, I mean, you know, I do, I often carry a pair of socks um, in my bag often Smart. for me because my winter you know, I like to wear like these slip on shoes and it's winter here. And so what I'm kind of worried is that like, I don't know, my car is going to break down and then I don't have socks. Like, you know, <laughs> so I would, I would put on the socks if I needed them, but uh, yeah, the kids mostly have socks. Like they're not you know, wearing, I mean, they're wearing sneakers. And so they, they generally have the socks, but uh, yeah, no, not needing diapers anymore is great. Although I will say, I always just put a diaper and a small travel thing of wipes in my purse. Like, and so I've never really had a diaper bag. I guess I just decided I didn't, you know, I wasn't buying expensive enough daily bags that I was worried about having a diaper or wipes in them. And then, like I said, my my brain is not able to be sure that I put my wallet and keys in a different bag if I have a different bag. So I think the only way, the only way is to like make a true ritual out of it. So like, it's not like, it's like, okay, it's Sunday night. What am I, my work prep stuff includes X. So yeah. 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 So now we just have one bag now and and possibly this is why my, my bags get so beat up is because I use them for everything. I mean, they're, they're not only my day-to-day bag, like the bag for with kids. It's also, you know, my carry on for planes, so yeah, it it's it goes goes everywhere. Well, that seems quite streamlined, actually. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about this mythical thing called the mud room. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know I mean you guys have mud, but you don't you know have as much of the paraphernalia that's associated with dealing with the mud. You know we have winter gear. Or you have we have five sets of boots. So mine and the kids. I, I don't know. My husband keeps his somewhere else, but that's his deal. And coats and hats and mittens. And then, of course, the stuff like backpacks and sports equipment. Um, and so I know I've, I've mentioned this probably 10 zillion times on this podcast, but the, the mudroom has been key. And so if you're looking for a house, like look for one that has a space by the garage or wherever you're going to come in most frequently uh, that has space for this stuff. Or you can install it, right? If there's an entryway, you can install like a bench and then hooks, probably you know, the number of hooks that correspond with the number of family members you have. We also put bins in there so each child has a bin of stuff for like their mittens. You know, if they're ever like, where is my, you know, that's the first place to look like their bin is, is where to look for that thing that they're about to yell, where is my whatever. And, and it works, you know, pretty well. Like, so that's where the backpacks stay. And, and then, so things like homework can only be in the backpack in the mudroom or actively being done. Like there's, there's no other place that can go. Cause then 
you know, it's lost, it's gone. It's, uh, you know, it's mixed up with another child. It's mixed up with another <laughs> child and, and then we'll never find it again. And, you know, I'm not saying we don't lose stuff. We lose stuff all the time. I mean, we just had this sort of tragic situation um, for a couple of days that my nine-year-old's special uh, stuffed puppy was gone. And I, I, you know, it was right after the house got cleaned. And so it was just like, well, did they put it somewhere? Did they like find it and put it with another pile of stuffed animals instead of on his bed? And so we were hunting through everything. And then finally, I found it under his mattress last <laughs> night. Um, like it just been un- between the mattress and the the bed frame uh, stuffed in there somewhere. So that was, you know, a great cause of rejoicing. Um, but, you know, if you've got six family members losing stuff is just going to eat time left and right. You just can't do it. So, I mean, as much as possible, try to avoid that. I know some people swear by those little like um, things that, you know, on your key, you can make a thing that makes noise and you can find it with your phone. Mm. We have, we haven't got tile, I believe is one of the brands of them, but I'm sure there are multiple copycats. We have not gotten into that, but I am with you in that. Like everything having a place is very helpful. We struggled initially after we moved because we hadn't really identified one. And then uh, we do have a closet, a front closet in this house, which is a novelty. So it's like almost halfway to a mudroom. And we just designated one bin that like, that's where the keys go. And as soon as we did that, it got a million times better yeah. because you just knew you're getting home, plunk, the end, sunglasses, etc. Yeah. The landing strip, as you called it, right? Yep. That's it. Exactly. Well, and we, um, you know, we have a little bin that's in the the pantry that where we have an extra set of keys for, for all the cars um, to, to generally avoid the issue. And when our nanny comes here, she just then parks her car in the garage. So we don't have to move around it. Um, cause obviously I wouldn't want to, you know, have her keys or anything, but, uh, then, um, the, but yeah, when we had our kitchen renovated and so all these systems were just like messed up, right. We had to figure out a new one. Like, where do the keys go when that spot is gone? Where, where do the membership cards for like, and our library cards go when that place is gone? And and it was interesting to think about those systems when, when the systems were no longer there, like the mail, like, where does the mail go when the mail spot is gone? Very, very important if you want your you know bills to get paid and all that good stuff. All right. What else is on our list? We have a bunch of food-related items, which we've kind of gone into before, but um, school lunches. So we differ on this one, which <laughs> I think pod- is good. It's healthy to have a little little discord on our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm – whether it's not even about saving time because I probably wouldn't be the one packing the lunches anyway. It's just, it, it's very convenient that, that I just load money on the kid's card and then they can go find something they like. You know, they can get a hot lunch, which is definitely great. Um, Cause I don't know, there's, there's been a couple of studies finding that really most of the thermoses don't actually work. Like they don't keep the food at a hot temperature. That's not, you know, going to have the bacterial growth and everything or the cold food. And the kids don't have access to a fridge or microwave, obviously, like you would as a as an adult with an office. So, um, you know, I like that they can get a, a hot lunch and we have rules like what they're allowed to take um, and I can look at it. So if I saw that they were having, uh, you know, six bags of Doritos, which I don't think our lunch ladies would let them do anyway. But like, you know, if they somehow got past the system, um, they could be called on it. Um, and that's uh, actually really cool. I don't yeah. think we have that option to like stock exactly what they're getting. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you, you can't see exactly, but you, well, what it is is the unit of like, you can see if they get the reimbursable yeah, what lunch, right? And then okay. if they get extra stuff on top of that, the, the reimbursable lunch is whatever the entree option is for the day. So I don't know what that is, but it's whatever the, you know, 
district nutritionist has designed for the day. Um, but then it's the extras. Like, are they getting, you know, five ice cream sandwiches, five ice five cream sandwiches yeah. then I can see. Yeah. I also wonder if your lunches are better than ours. Cause I, I don't know. <laughs> there may not be nationwide standards. Maybe there are. Well, I thought I there know. were. I mean, that was the whole uh, Michelle Obama thing. I mean, some of it's been watered down since uh, because some of it didn't make sense, right? Like you couldn't have 10 servings of bread, like 10 pieces of bread a week, but then you can't have a sandwich every day. Like it just oh, yeah. doesn't work. Um, but uh, they, uh, I mean, you know, it's gotten better in many places from the like sloppy joes and meatloaf surprise of like when we were going to school and and so given that my kids like it like i i feel like it would be introducing a problem where there isn't one like i've sort of said you know they can make it or you know we we can have somebody else make it but you know so far so good no that's great with us and maybe i would make a different decision if the burden fell more on me but i do make the lunches for monday because it's too hectic but otherwise our nanny just usually throws leftovers in like kind of the night before and so it's all ready or a sandwich or something and we do pack ice packs i have not gotten complaints about you know eating like cold pizza yet um maybe they're coming i don't know (laughs) it could be coming it's like but wait the school has hot pizza and here i have my cold pizza what's going on and we we get we get around the complaints by you know we let them pick out snacks that they like so i think they feel like okay at least i'm getting something out of this situation if that kid gets to pick out chips in the cafeteria i picked out my fruit snacks that i got at trader joe's or whatever it is exactly (laughs) all right let's talk about homework because i know we we hear about this a lot from listeners too so um which you actually are dealing with this despite your oldest child being not yet seven Yeah, well, yeah, they had homework in kindergarten. They actually have less homework at the new school than the old school, but they still actually significantly less homework. So I should probably complain less. But there does, I mean, there's still some significant parent involvement required. And I don't want to necessarily go into lots of details about my children's academic stuff because I don't want them to be mad at me later. But I will say I don't feel like I can just be like, it's your problem. Um, Because number one, I think that the teacher would um, complain. Um, (laughs) And number two, um, I feel like they she needs a little bit of guidance at this point. And maybe part of that is just transitioning schools. If you had one teacher that really trained you well on some things and not others, and then the other kids maybe were, you know, yelled at, not yelled at, but um, taught very firmly about capital letters and periods all year and you weren't and you need to catch up, then maybe you might need a little bit yeah. more attention. So, Well, it's interesting yeah. with that. I mean, I so I switched schools um, a reasonable amount when I was growing up. And so I'm, I missed the whole thing of cursive. Um, so I we my dad did a visiting professorship in California in the fall when I was in third grade. And so we went out there and that class learned cursive in the spring. So I was there in the fall and my third grade class back in Raleigh where we live. So when we came back for the spring, they had done it in the fall. So I, I completely missed it, but I got to say, honestly, so I taught it to myself and I think my cursive is way better than most people's because it wasn't forced on me. I was just like, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to figure it out. So I'm you know learning my, my little loops and stuff. And um, you know, so there's something to be said for, for catching up because you want to and figuring it out to see. That's totally cool. Well, you have much more homework experience than I do because your kids are much older and you've had many years to hone your techniques. So <laughs> my techniques. So well, what I, mean, are I think they? the key thing is that it's not my techniques. I, I this is one of those things where um, I generally 
my my philosophy is is that the homework is for them and i know that's your philosophy too it's just you know you're going through a bit of a transition with this but like i already did sixth grade like i'm, I'm cool i don't i don't need to, <laughs> to do this stuff again um and so if i need to help a lot it means there's something that's inappropriate for their grade level or level of whatever and then we've got a different issue and that you know, may need to be addressed in a different way. And also just because, you know, kids, like anyone, it's it's easy to be lazy about stuff. Like you're coming to me like, mom, what's six times eight? Like, well, why are you asking me this? Like, are you not capable of like counting it out or like figuring draw, out a draw picture? Yeah, draw a picture. <laughs> like, I don't need to tell you what six times eight is. If you can't remember, go figure it out. Like, I mean, if you were truly stumped, like you've been working on something for a while, then come talk to me. But, you know, probably not. So my two elementary school kids have weekly assignments, and it is so interesting to see their personality differences. So Ruth does it the day it is assigned. Like she comes home, she she's at the kitchen table getting through it. Uh, you know, it, it's it's done without anyone asking. Sam uh, has it, it's due Friday, and he's he, it usually is a two night thing because there's one thing that has to be done twice, like two nights. So he will never do it before Wednesday. I mean, it's it's Wednesday and Thursday, and then and then it's done. And, you know, he, he doesn't really care too much about it. I think he feels like it's, you know, I don't know, but, uh, so that's them. Um, Jasper has more homework, obviously in sixth grade, it's starting to get a little bit more serious, but they actually have an end of the day homeroom kind of thing. Uh, so he can do the vast majority of it in the 35 minutes he has for his homeroom at the end of the day. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. So, so it's not that he has none, but if he has like 45 minutes a night, then 35 of it's done in school. And then he's just got 10 minutes to deal with. And so he's been pretty good about that. And, and I kind of want to leave it up to them because like, you know, I'm the kind of person who like Ruth would do it the first day, but it doesn't have to be done the first day. And, you know, if you want to do it differently, that's kind of your choice. It, it is your choice. And it, it's about them learning to manage their their workload. My only uh, critique is that I often hear advice like this on podcasts, but then it's always like, and and this is not, um, how do I put this? Then it's always like, oh, and somehow they're getting straight A's and so my way works. So I guess my only caveat is might be, what if your nine-year-old just stopped doing his homework? Then could you be so hands-off? Or if he did like the world's worst job and his teacher was like, yeah, he's clearly spending five minutes and I want more. Because I sometimes I feel like homework tips it's like the people who don't have issues with it are, and now I'm sort of seeing both sides already so incredibly yeah. young that I begin to to wonder. Um, I would say like, again, you know, we've talked about the kid privacy issues. Um, not everyone yes. is doing fantastically in everything. Um, you know, it's, I think there's a, a minimum bar that has definitely been cleared, but uh, you know, it's, it's not hundreds on everything. All See, I, and I think, I think that's great to hear. And, yeah. and you know what? You have enough kids that you can have some anonymous. Well, and also, and I mean, I, I think, you know, and I may change when we get to high school when I think it more matters because I think there's the whole college application process, which is, I mean, a whole lot less forgiving than when we were um, in school. And I mean, I say this as, I, as someone who got a C in high school on something and got into Princeton, like, and I just don't think that would happen now. Um, I feel like that would be a lot harder for that to be, pull off. So, you know, um, I, I think there there might be more serious talks about it, but, but sort of what I view elementary school and middle school as about then is they're learning to do that. And hopefully 
coming to the realization themselves of what they need to do. Like, I feel if I'm just sort of gauging kid personalities, if I'm pushing too hard, it, it backfires completely. And no, I could totally see that. And maybe giving them room to struggle a little bit will actually teach them from some valuable lessons that might come in handy when the stakes are higher. When the stakes are I think higher. that's, yeah, I think that's valuable. So yeah, yeah, if you learn to manage your time in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, as it's suddenly harder then then by ninth grade, you've got a bit more of that in place and, and you can make it work hopefully. So, all right, cool. clothes, let's talk about clothes. Um, how do you keep your children clothed and shod? <laughs> um, I don't think that was on my list. Well, I don't oh, do sorry. that much. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> um, yeah, I just kind of, I'm pretty freestyle about it. When it seems like somebody's clothes are getting pretty ratty, then I, I tend to buy more. Oh, what we do in the morning. So our new things that we, we pick, we do pick the kids clothes out the night before because the new school starts earlier mm-hmm. and we're in this big rush. And actually I've gone a step further and we, I put the clothes downstairs. So there's not even that barrier of having to go up because their rooms are upstairs, but like get everything to get ready is downstairs. Oh, so they're the like brushes. brushing their teeth downstairs. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Really? Okay. We have, yep. There's a downstairs bathroom that's big enough. And we realized, you know what, we got to remove all barriers. And the worst was like, it would be 727 and they still needed to go back up. So it was like, no, move everything downstairs yep. next to the door, whatever helps to like lessen the friction on the way out the door makes our lives better. So, so, so when yeah. they just, is there like a bin where they put their pajamas or something if they're changing downstairs? Like how well, does they, it wind up the, back over? The laundry room is downstairs. Okay. So it's actually a pretty natural, even if they throw their clothes on the floor right next to the laundry room, that's closer than if it's in their hamper upstairs. So oh, okay. There you go. But no, the downstairs clothes has been a game changer. Oh, that's interesting. Well. Yeah. And then to put toothbrushes and toothpaste in a like downstairs powder room, mm-hmm. um, so they can, they can get, oh, interesting. I like yeah. That. What about you? And what clothes systems were you talking about? Were you talking more about like keeping the right sizes? Yeah. Yeah. Rocks? So, I mean, obviously, you know, I have, I have three boys. Um, and so they've, the, the hand-me-down system is, is fairly developed. Um, so the key question is whether the oldest has clothes that fit him. And then when those have been outgrown, they go into a box that generally goes in a rather big closet that is in the room where Sam and Alex's stuff is, which uh, Sam, poor Sam, he's theoretically, that's the room he's supposed to sleep in. But Alex is still like waking up at 5am and like, will wake up and like punch Sam. So Sam's still in the room with Jasper. It's just, you know, anyways, but his clothes are with Alex. So he, um, that they're all in that closet. We've just got boxes of boys clothes, like labeled six, five, four T. Um, and so now we're going through the four T with Alex. This is stuff that has been put away from both Jasper and Sam. And, you know, again, three active boys, like some of it has to be prematurely retired. Uh, yeah, there's no way that everything makes it. No, right? no way that everything holds in it. the knees and like, you know, permanent paint marks and <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um so so stuff has been retired thrown away um and and it's not like they never get new clothes i mean because they do but but then our first thing is always like okay well here's a whole box of size youth medium shirts are any of these of interest to you and they can shop there and then if you know we need more stuff because they want something related to like minecraft or the philadelphia eagles or whatever then that's like you know birthday gifts and and stuff like that 
So plus things like formal stuff, you know, that stuff barely gets worn and is more yeah. expensive. Yeah. So it definitely makes sense to save it. Although I feel like we've still not managed to have a good system for like little boys dress shoes. I, I know I have various sizes of little boys dress shoes, but I feel like they've been lost somewhere because they get worn once and then stuffed somewhere. And I, so like I said, the system is not perfect, but it's kind of fun too. Cause I've seen like the same shirt on three boys and, you know, and then like, Oh, look, I remember when they wore that. And, and then, you know, Ruth, being uh, the only girl, like most of her stuff is is then either new or hand-me-downs from uh, some older girl cousins that she has gone through. You know, I think I enjoy shopping for kids' clothes too much for uh, to ever really need a system because if anything, I usually have a surplus. <laughs> <laughs> but did you put anything away from Annabelle? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I put like my favorite stuff. Absolutely. Okay. And actually, some of it I gave away to friends and then I ended up getting it back, which was great because, you know, we didn't always plan on Genevieve. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> well, getting dressed, though, in the morning, I so their, their bedrooms are upstairs, um, but I... I, and our school starts late enough, I guess, that there seems to be enough time to to go up and get dressed. Uh, and for whatever reason, this just has not been a huge source of resistance or anything for us. So the kids go up and they choose their clothes. Not that I mean, the four year old has help getting dressed, but uh, though he can choose his own shirts, he his in the closet. There's a low rack, and there's all his shirts on that, so he can go and and choose a shirt um, based on that stuff. But yeah, no, they, they choose their outfits. And I, I guess my, my feeling about clothes outfits, it's, I control what comes into the house. And then once it's in the house, it's, it's their choice, what they want to wear. And it's, it's kind of yep. fun to see the outfits that come together. I mean, Ruth has, oh yeah. Crazy miss. Like I, I keep reading in fashion magazines that the mixed pattern thing is in. So clearly she's just more with it than I am. I'm like, whoa, oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a busy outfit, it. but uh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Annabelle's the same way. She will layer like pattern leggings and then long socks over the leggings and like some random mini. It's like, but I agree. If I control the pieces that are there, the end product usually turns out okay. Even if it's a little nuts, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 again, of the big kids, like two of three brush their teeth without being asked. And one must, one must be asked constantly. Um, so that's just, again, you know, if, if you set the goal as they do it without being asked, unfortunately that bar may never be cleared and, and who knows what will come of that. But, uh, you know, it's, well, speaking of the morning rush, and I think that actually like our routine changed so much and that's why we have a morning rush. Cause mm-hmm. it used to be much more leisurely, because we were leaving at like 8, 10, and now we have to leave at like 7, 30 oh, with yeah, the kids. So it's a big difference. Big difference. Um, is I think we were going to both quickly do our morning routine, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. So my current one is kind of, I get up like 4.45, which is because I've kind of got worked backwards and figured out exactly how much time I need to make things not be insane. And it turns out to be that. ridiculously <laughs> early, but you're going to bed at 9.30, I'm going right? to bed so, at like 9.30, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, it's not, so it's not ridiculous. It's like 7.25 yeah. hours then. Yeah. And sometimes like if I stay up later, it's not 100% of the time. And if I'm off on a day, I might not get up that early, but it's just sort of my like default weekday time unless I have something else going on. And then I already have my coffee ready which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's program, like it, it makes itself. Yes. And, and so it's, yep. okay. yeah. like I put, I put everything, you know, the night before, like that's, you know, it takes two minutes and it pays off such dividends. Cause I love that. It's, but just, uh, you don't even have to press anything in the morning. Like it's timer is automatic. It's okay. on a timer. Okay, it's awesome. on a timer. Yeah. That's, so that's I come get my freshly brewed coffee and then, um, usually I will like quickly check email, put out any fires. Usually there's not, but 
fires in my email, but you know, I just want to see what's there. I can't deal with the like not checking it all because then I'll just wonder what's in there. <laughs> um, and then usually I write a blog post or do podcast prep, or sometimes if like I have a pressing work presentation or project, I'll do that. Or like for when we're doing residency interviews, I use that time to cram my um, applicants of the day. And then I usually try to start working out by like 5.45 or 5.50 and then I'm done at like 6.20, 6.30. And then um, I can quickly sneak in a shower, kind of prep the kids breakfast a little bit. And then Genevieve, thankfully, is when we up a little bit better lately, um, around 6.30, 6.40, and I feed her. And then the big kids and I, I usually have to get the big kids up, and I'm like, get out of bed, and right around 7. Again, their clothes are already downstairs, so there's very little like friction. It's like, okay, come on down. They come down. They usually complain about whatever breakfast I put on the table, but then they eventually Because what do you, what do you put anyway. on the table? Like, what, what is breakfast? Oh, it's like what they like. Like, it's like their cereal that they like, or it's like their yogurts and bagel and cream cheese or fruit. I, I do actually want to throw some more things into the rotation. Like, sometimes I do eggs, and they like that. And I do think if I occasionally whip up like a fruit smoothie, they probably would think that was like amazing actually. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to work on diversifying a little bit, but no, I don't like try to give them like kale and sweet potatoes. It's like <laughs> what, it's like a cinnamon Mary's and bagel with cream cheese and like a kid's yogurt and banana, like yeah, nothing yeah. crazy. Um, but they still often will complain or it is like Cameron's like, I wanted the orange cup. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we, we survived breakfast and then I have been alternating taking Cameron and Annabelle. And I think I mentioned on a prior podcast that Annabelle's school now has this massive carpool line. So the time dividend I thought I would be getting was getting eaten by that. And then some people suggested like walking instead. And I've sort of split the difference because if you walk all the way, it would take forever. But there's a playground that is sort of halfway there that avoids the entire line. So we park there. I walk with her. It takes like 10, 12 minutes. Um, and she always like, she, it's like a nice time. And the weather's really nice this time of year. Sorry, northerners. And um, then I walk back to the car. So I've gotten like extra steps and a little fresh air. And um, yeah, I like it. And on the days I drop off Cameron, it's super quick because his school is like just right on the way to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good that you've made that that work then um, with that. Uh, no, our mornings are, are start a little later um, for me <laughs> because I don't know. I've been having a really hard time going to bed before midnight. It's um, I don't know what's going on. But uh, anyway, I set my alarm for around 645, maybe 652 if it's been a later night. But that's like the, the latest I can go. Um, I, sh I wake up and I shower, um, I wake, uh, go downstairs, make coffee. Um, uh, I haven't figured out any timer systems. I don't think our coffee maker has a timer. Maybe I need to get one. Um, I wake uh, Jasper up around seven 15. Um, so basically seven 15 to eight o'clock is sort of a rolling breakfast phenomenon in my house. Um, you know, that as people come down, they get breakfast and, and, you know, it's nothing again, elaborate. We, Sometimes we'll make pancakes or waffles if we feel like we have a little extra time. Um, but it's often, you know, it's bagels or cereal or toast. That's impressive. The and only waffles I've ever whipped up on a weekday are toaster waffles. Yeah, it tends not to happen unless somebody's gotten up early to do it because it takes a long time. It's like a 30, 40 minute process by the time you're done. Um, and the, uh, you know, eggs, um, my husband and I usually eat eggs. So if he's home, we, we usually both have that sort of 7.15 to 8 o'clock getting all the kids in and talking with them sitting at the table. Um, so Jasper eats first, and then he goes up and gets dressed. The, the, sh the kids, sh I should add, they bathe now on a schedule of Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. We just instituted that as like the three days it would happen so that, you know, it's not constantly like, is tonight a bath night? I don't know. Did you have a bath last night? I guess you don't need one. You need a shower. I don't know. Um, though uh, Jasper is old enough that he, 
now showers of his own volition uh, every day. Uh, that was an interesting thing when that happened. Uh, the, the... Well, it probably coincided nicely with the need to shower every day. Yeah, so yeah I know. Go. I think well, the, when you have the trouble is when they don't coincide and like you're trying to convince somebody who, who um, could in fact shower daily that they should. Um, but no, he, he um, definitely got ahead of that uh, curve in terms of, of when he needed to start doing that. They, I mean, my five, my three, four year old, how old is he? Is often up at like five 30 and we just, put them in front of YouTube for an hour until everyone else is moving. Um, and that seems to be fine. So the um, Jasper, we do the carpool for middle school, 750, either we're driving or our neighbors are driving, um, get the middle two kids on the bus at 825. We start getting shoes on. It usually comes 832, but it could come as late as 835. Our nanny takes the four-year-old to preschool at nine. It's really like three minutes from our house. So my workday starts at 835, um, pretty much precisely every day. And I have this gap of 810 to 815 that I could use for something. Like if I'm coming back from the middle school run, it's like 810 and then 825 is when the the bus thing starts. So it's 15 minutes. I, I can't use it. Well, I usually just like answer an email or like do one administrative task. And I, I need to figure out if there's something awesome I should do with it. But at the moment, no. You could run your mile. <laughs> run my one. I guess I could. Yeah. But I usually want to run more than that. Um, so it's, That's fair. It, yeah, it's usually not the time I, I have. Um, and if I need to run in the morning, I'll, I'll get up earlier. So I'll set my alarm for six ten or something and then run then. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, they, they're pretty good about getting themselves ready. We, you know, eight I'm yelling at them to come get their shoes and they do. And it's, you know, shoes, coat, backpack out the door. And so pretty good. Oh my gosh, we're already 40 minutes in. We have many more. Maybe we need to divide this into two two halves. Yeah. Well, I think we've hit a lot of the the main stuff. I would say the laundry. Um, you know, we're we're really struggling with like getting the kids to put their stuff in the hamper. Again, some of the kids are good at it. Some of it it's just never there. It'll be next to the hamper. Like why? Like what was the, what was the last foot problem that you couldn't like, you know, move it from next to the hamper on the floor to in the hamper? But the kids' laundry gets done about twice a week. Either my husband or I does our own laundry. You know, we do the two of our laundry on the weekend. That's usually one one load. Um, there's either one to two loads of sheets or towels per week. I, I struggle to understand. Like that, I know there are people who write me about there's like 10 loads of laundry per week in their household. And I'm, I still haven't figured out what that all is. I, I don't know. Do I'm know? very spoiled. <laughs> I'm very spoiled. Our nanny does all, all of, of our laundry. Oh, well. And... I don't know. She might do 10. She does like a load a day. And, you know, the trade-off is like, we're totally fine with her putting everything in together. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're having all your laundry done for you, you're not going to be picky about it or else you can do it yourself. So um, she may do, well, no, but she doesn't work on the weekends. So I guess that, yeah, maybe five loads a week, not seven, maybe six, because maybe one extra sheets. Yeah. No, but but five is, you know, five, we probably hit five, but I mean, it's. 10 would be. I don't understand. I, but. I don't know. Maybe some people like excessively wash their sheets like every few yeah, days. Yeah, we I definitely don't. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the life if you have clean sheets daily. <laughs> it's like living in a hotel or something. And not even there because they don't do it anymore if you're staying multiple yeah. days. Yeah, right? well, it's not very environmentally friendly. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, one – oh, be- bedtime. Let's just quick do bedtime and then okay. call it quits here. Um, yes. Yeah, the – so the four-year-old tends to go down between 7.15 to 7.45 during the week. And our, our nanny does this probably like four nights a week, you know, Monday through Thursday. And then I do usually the other three nights or um, 
you know, four nights if, if he has not gone down between 7.15 and 7.45, because I'm not going to keep her there past that. Uh, the Ruth gets her stories between somewhere between 8.30 and 8.45 is when we start. We're done by 9, um, and she's in bed. The boys are supposed to be in their room reading at 9 o'clock. Um, they're very creative about getting out of this, but the theory is that they're supposed to be in their rooms reading at 9 with lights out at 10. And then I can use that time to read or to, you know, work or whatever if they're if they're in their rooms. And But they come out. I don't know. And, and it's kind of nice. Like Jasper wants to come talk to me. A lot of times he wants to come have his talk. And it's kind of cute. And I sort of don't want to completely cut that off. As it's a good time for him to communicate with That's me. That's when they want to talk. That's when I they want to talk. I get it. Um, come turn out the lights at, at 10 for them. But uh, I am definitely the bedtime parent, which while I'm not 100% thrilled about, I also know that it just doesn't my, my husband is a total pushover on bedtime and so i'll be he's like yeah i'll put alex to bed and then you know it's like an hour later there's still like stories Aww. going on like, okay we have some parallels <laughs> and it's, it's like it comes from a very good place like he wants to spend i mean on a general week i don't i'm usually doing bedtime most of the time because he's just not home yet. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe one day he'll come home at like 7.30, but a lot of times it's later than that. So um, even with, I thought the new job might be different, but apparently maybe it's just. Well, I think, you know, new jobs don't change who the person is. So yeah, it turns out that you true. do not become a drastically different person when you start a new job. Or, or the job description. It may just be, and the truth is I would much rather him stay late and finish all of his notes than tell me on Saturday that he needs to spend six hours doing notes. Yeah, because no, no. Wouldn't. So in order to protect our weekends that when we're not working, I'd rather him stay late. So anyway, I'm generally the weeknight bedtime parent, but on the times that he is there, or like if I'm sick and he happens to be home, oh, they'll be up real late. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, daddy, special bedtime. And it's just, he doesn't, yeah, he's not going to be strict about it. Um, and that's okay. Um, but no, our routine is pretty, is pretty straightforward right now. I basically put Genevieve to bed around 7, 7.15. I still nurse her to sleep. And then usually I tell the kids they have to clean up. And then once they're done cleaning up, they can watch a TV show mm-hmm. while I'm putting her to bed. And they've been pretty good about that. And they kind of know under penalty of, you know, strict punishment. <laughs> if I ever get downstairs and they didn't clean up and they're watching TV. Oh, uh, but so they, they're, yeah. So they're pretty good about it. And then at like, and then often I eat dinner in that little window while they're finishing a show after I've put Genevieve to bed. Cause I don't want to wait till like nine to eat. Cause I'm dying. So um, then at like 7.45, their show is done. And then we just like hang out and we usually start the book reading process at around 8.15. And then I'd say they're in bed by 8.30 to 8.45. And since they share a room, it's very streamlined. It's like both at once and we read the same book. And lately, actually, last night it was really cute because now that Annabelle can read, she'll like – play a part in the book so if, you know she'll she was like Amelia Bedelia last night oh, nice. so. <laughs> <laughs> the dramatic read great great yeah well, I find exactly. myself practicing I've been reading the the um, magic treehouse books with with Ruth and uh you know we go through a chapter a night and I've you know working on my dramatic delivery I try to do uh you know I've, I've I figure it helps with voiceover stuff uh, so. I hear you. I kind of try to make it as good of a performance as I can because it makes it more interesting and I feel like it holds their interest better. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, All right, we got to get into yeah, this is the longest episode Q&A, ever. <laughs> um, yeah. And get, get done with this episode. All right. Do you want me to read this real quick? All right. So, yeah. Our Q&A from a listener who has an eight month old and is wondering about a side hustle. So she recently started a new full time job after years as a freelancer. Um, she's the mom of an eight year eight month old. 
She says, I was hoping to find time for occasional freelancing on the side, maybe even start a long dreamed of novel, mostly for personal fulfillment, which is good because I don't think you should ever write a novel thinking you're going to get rich off of it, but that's a sideline. Anyway, um, however, I'm finding it's almost impossible to carve out the time and energy. Mornings before work aren't an option because my baby is an extremely early, early riser. Evenings don't work because I don't have much energy left after getting the baby to bed and cleaning up from dinner. And I really just want to spend that time relaxing with my husband. Saturdays, we try to avoid chores, chores and work and focus on family time because they're, they're Jewish, so they're observing the Sabbath. Um, and Sundays then are the big chores housework day because I haven't done it on Saturday. Um, so me taking writing time that day means a bigger share of housework and childminding for my husband, um, which she says doesn't feel fair. Is there something I'm missing or should I just give up on doing writing projects on the side until my kid is older? Well, what do you think? <laughs> well, part of me just wants to say like, and I just wanted to use this phrase, maybe slow your roll, lady, because you're only eight months into this and you've got lots and lots of time and everything's going to change about your baby. You know, you say they're an early riser now, but you never know. In two weeks, they are not pattern may shift and they will not be an early riser. So to some extent, I think you have a little bit of time to just see how things unfold rather than necessarily making, um, you know, a tight plan right away. But that said, if you're feeling a super burning passion, one way to do that might be to extend your workday a couple of days a week. So you either leave super early. Um, I don't know whether there's nursing that needs to be done in the early mornings because you don't mention that. But if not, then you could be gone and then your husband could deal with the mornings, maybe two weekdays um, out of the five. And that seems like a reasonable um, exchange. Um, if that sounds good or fun to you, then go for it. And if not, then maybe just think about the fact that this novel might be easier to fit into your life in even just a few months when the baby's sleeping better or when the nursing patterns change or naps consolidate or whatever. Um, I do feel like, you know, when I was starting fresh into motherhood, everything felt very permanent. But now that I recognize how quickly things change and how just ephemeral some of these phases are. I think that you may just want to give yourself some space to see how things evolve. Yeah. I mean, certainly if you're you're starting a new job and you hadn't been doing a full-time job in the past and you also have added a baby into a mix, it, it definitely would make sense that your time would feel more constrained for, you know, projects that are about personal passion as much as anything else. But again, I mean, I if you want to do it, you can totally do it. You can find the time. So you can either acknowledge that it's not a priority for you right now, which is totally cool. Um, or you can say it is, I'm, I can't find 20 hours a week, but I bet I could find four, right? So if that's your goal, like, yeah, you could find four. So maybe as, as Sarah said, like two mornings a week, your husband takes the early morning shift. As you said, that was your best time. You sort of have the energy, um, leave and go to a coffee shop for an hour to write, um, or go to the library for an hour to write and then go to work. Um, if you've got a library with early hours, um, definitely get out of the house. Cause if you're there, it's easy to become like the default parent and they're like, Oh, well, you know, what, hey, where's his socks? You know, and then you're like, I'm writing, like, get away. I'm trying to write like, no. So so go somewhere else and write. So coffee shop or a, a restaurant, like a diner, uh, library, or your office, if it's quiet, um, if you can get away with that. And then um, on the weekends, I, I feel like this, you know, all or nothing mindset is, is not really serving you. I mean, I, I obviously keeping the Sabbath is a different thing like that. You there are rules, you, you can't work on it. So that's not going to be an option. But if Sunday is your chores. Like you're not spending 16 hours on chores. I hope like you're awake for 16 hours. Like that's not 
there's time for both. So maybe you could reach an agreement with your husband that each of you gets two hours to do your own thing. Um, I love that. Yeah. Like, and, and that still leaves, you know, if you guys both then also devote like two hours to chores and, you know, you do a family activity, like you, you've still gotten a fair amount of time and spent, since you're spending all Saturday together as a family as well, like it's, it's not like you've lacked family time on the, on the weekend. So yeah, like you get two hours on Sunday to write, um, sort of coordinate that with him. Each of you gets your time. And so then you've done, you know, two hours during the week, two hours on Sunday. And it may feel a little frustrating if you really are getting into things like to only have sort of four hours for it. But I've also found that when I get really into a writing project, I start magically finding more time. Like then you, that's when you start like, oh, well, I could go take a 30 minute lunch break or I could write on my novel (laughs) or, you know, maybe I do feel energy to do this at night for 45 minutes, even though I'm tired because I'm so into my characters. So I, I think you know, it's, it's really more about getting started and sort of building in this space to do something that's important to you. And then over time, it'll start to have its own momentum. Interesting. That's very similar parallel to what happens when you have like a really good book going, yeah, yeah. you know, that you're reading. So I guess I never thought of it in terms of creating one in the same thing. All right, real quick. Love of the week, Sarah. Yeah, well, I, I thought this was a nationwide chain. So I'm a little disappointed that it's not because I'm like, this does not apply to tons of our listeners. But if you are in Florida, we discovered this place called Bole, um, B-O-L-A-Y. And, you know, maybe there are some national equivalents. You'll have to tell me. But it's like bowls and custom bowls. And they have like all these like healthy bases like kale and quinoa, but then also rice and some more kid-friendly things. And then you get to pick your veggies and you pick your sauce. And it was really fantastic. And I the kids even liked it, although I'm not sure like avocado and rice is the world's most balanced um no, my <laughs> kids ate avocado and rice i'd be thrilled so just okay take, so there you go thank you <laughs> avocado rice and gluten-free cookies because that's the kind of cookies they had but i almost wonder if they're not really gluten-free because they were because they were good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yes and it turns out gluten is often important in baked goods so <laughs> <laughs> whatever they were using i mean it was convincing because they were they were really good <laughs> So <laughs> I've actually been uh, my love of the week. Uh, this goes right in. I'm making my own avocado toast. Um, Ooh. Not not really that. I cut up onions and you know, red onions if I have them or just regular onions. If I don't um, put a little lemon in it and salt and uh, put it on a piece of, of interesting bread if I have interesting bread. And that that's my lunch. So um, sounds yeah, amazing. Good stuff. All right. Well, this well, is Bon Appetit, everyone. Yeah, bon Appetit. <laughs> this has been an epic episode. Uh, episode 52, we've been talking about our various home management systems. We'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.